Father in heaven, we're thankful for Adventist education. We're thankful for every single department that we have in our conference that ministers to our people and equips them really to minister to those that need to understand and appreciate the gospel. And as we focus on Adventist education today, we're grateful for it and we thank you for inspiring your people to have a system of education. And especially, Lord, we, as we look at one of the most important elements for our schools, which is our board membership, we pray that your spirit would be with us and that you would enlighten our minds. We may be few in number, but your word says that where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst of them. And so we ask you to come and be in our midst. And even though we are just a few, we pray that what we will learn and talk about today will be something that can inspire others and spread out so that we can function uh, effectively for our schools. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Bored But Not Bored is the title of the presentation. And before we get into actually the functionality of what a board member does, I think it's important for us to understand our philosophical foundation. Philosophical foundation is a guide to uh, organizations to help them understand where they're striving towards. So as they journey forward in their mission, they need to constantly be checking their actions pragmatically against their mission to make sure they're headed in the right direction. And Seventh-day Adventist education has some overarching principles that are taken from the book Education, and it focuses specifically on our unique aim, our unique focus, and then the product or the fruitage of our focus and aim, which is a specific and distinct outcome. Let's just unpack that real quickly. What is the aim that we have? Well, Education, page 13, says it's the harmonious development of the physical, the mental, and the spiritual powers. Adventist education historically has been viewed as a holistic approach to educate the whole person. In some instances, we sort of move ourselves away sometimes from that balanced perspective, but philosophically at our roots, that is what we should be. The harmonious development of the physical, mental, and spiritual powers. Number two, our focus is to restore in man the image of his maker. That is our focus, again taken from the book Education, and the outcome of that aim and focus is then a different outcome, a strengthened character, a fortified mind, and a recreated soul. And these are all quotes taken from the beginning parts of the book Education. Just so you understand a little bit about the breakdown of our governance as a church we have a, a wonderful system of governance. It's not perfect, but it's a structure that has lasted and, and bore the test of time over a hundred years, obviously. But if you wonder how a school fits into the overall governance of the church, you can see here, of course, that we have bold lines and then we have dotted lines. The bold lines relate to uh, entities within our church that have authoritative and decision-making roles. And then the dotted lines are where we have more of the advisory or consultative role. And so obviously the General Conference Executive Committee is the highest governing body in the worldwide church. And of course, every five years it meets. In between sessions, the Executive Committee uh, provides decision-making, and then it goes down to the North American Division, the Union Conference level, then the local 
Conference Executive Committee, then heads over to the local Board of Education, which is a representative board of all the districts across the Michigan Conference. Then you have your individual school board. For instance, Adelphi Junior Academy, where Len is the board chair there. And then underneath, uh, excuse me, the local conference office of education, underneath that, rather, is the local school board where, for instance, Adelphi Junior Academy would fall, or Northview, or uh, Grayling. And then you have the principal. That essentially is the governance. And basically, the governance of operating and running the school, the hiring of teachers, the management, the oversight of the schools, really is going to come from uh, this entity here. We'll have a few situations that they might work with. Um, they'll approve the hiring of superintendent-level individuals. Um, they'll deal with appeals and so forth. This Board of Education will deal again with, with uh, more types of things like approving the hiring of teachers, approving the calendar for the school, any major type of systemic change or things of that nature, the local conference board of education is going to work with, which our office uh, deals with. I'm the, considered the secretary of the conference board of education, and then our local school board, and then the principal. That's the governance structure of our educational system. So the specific functions of a school board are as follows. The school board helps ensure that the mission and policies of the school are being carried out. It also sets policies, but it leaves the day-to-day -day management of policies to the administration. That's a very important distinction uh, between the board and the local administration. The board is not to run the school. It is to make sure the school is running well. And I like the phraseology there. Its role is not to run the school. It is to make sure the school is running well. So they set overarching policies, but it is up to the local administration to carry those policies forward. School, schools function best when boards and administration do not cross over defined lines. The board acts to ensure the implementation of policies and plans of the Conference Office of Education, develops clear practical objective, objectives in harmony with the SD educational policy, development of policies unique to local school needs, to support the principal and the home and school program and to ensure official minutes are taken and recorded for each meeting. I can't tell you how important this element is uh, because there are times when we have to go back and we have to look at minutes. Um, and so major decisions that the board makes should be recorded in official minutes and those minutes are sent to the conference office by each school and then we as superintendents actually review them, look at them, sign off. There are times when I've sent emails, for instance, if a school awards a specific amount of worthy student funds to a family, sometimes schools will mistakenly put the name of the family in the minutes, and that's something that we ask them not to do to protect confidentiality, or even a disciplinary issue, sometimes, you know, Johnny Smith was, was suspended for, all that we ask is that they say a student was, um, so that we protect the confidentiality. So sometimes there are things in the minutes that we will look at, we review the budget uh, sheets and so forth. Continuing on with, with the functions, consider all operations of the school, participate in school evaluations. This is incredibly important, um, especially in our smaller schools. Uh, if you have a bigger school like Great Lakes Adventist Academy, um, obviously they have, I don't know, over 20 full-time faculty members. And so when it comes time for school evaluation at the academy level, you have a three-day visit or a two-and-a-half-day visit. 
And so your principal is going to coordinate all the different subcommittees that are going to look at all of the standards and all of the different aspects of the evaluation. And then those faculty members are going to work on putting together the material for that. Well, you go to a one-room school or you go to even a two- or three-teacher school, your board should play an important part in helping put the document together uh, so that it's not totally and completely on the teacher. Furthermore, if the board is participating in the school evaluation from a preparatory standpoint, they're going to have a broader perspective and input that will help make the instrument more valid because there's more input on it. Obviously, the support of the Constitution and the bylaws of the school and support conference-wide educational events, help planning of the annual school budget and capital improvement budgets. So there's a finance committee that's a subcommittee of the board. They report to the board and the board oversees the budget of the school and make sure that it's uh, being fiscally responsible. Some other things that board members do, if your church knows that you are a member of the board, then they're expecting you to be someone who's a proponent of the board. Um, and board chairs should expect their board membership to be marketers. Um, because I think we put a lot of finances and money into putting together brochures and putting together all kinds of different things, and that's really, really great. Adelphi Junior Academy has a wonderful radio ad. But I think you would agree with me, some of the most powerful advertising that we give or don't give is in our own personage. How we, how we you know, uh, talk about the school, our body language about the school, uh, those things, uh, board members should really make sure that they own that piece because if church members who could potentially put their kids in the school see a church member who's not talking positively about the school and just putting out dirty laundry about the school all the time, people are going to say, well, they're in the board. I'm not going to put my kid in the school. So they want to create excitement uh, about the school. The board also acts to ratify recommendations of major discipline issues regarding students and has the ultimate authority regarding the dismissal of a student. So the principal cannot technically dismiss a student. Uh, what happens in a lot of disciplinary situations, especially at the academy level, is if a student has done something that is egregious enough that they need to not be in attendance at the school anymore, the disciplinary committee will vote to ask them to withdraw from school. And so the parent has the option to withdraw that student from school. It's shown as a withdrawal on their transcript, and it's not shown as a dismissal. Um, if the family refuses to do so, which I've never seen in all my career, then it would have to go to the Board of Education in order for that student to be officially dismissed from the school. At the local school level, the board would have to vote to dismiss a student. No, your local board would be the one that would vote to dismiss a student. Yeah, that's important. And when possible, give the family the opportunity to withdraw the student. You know, it just, it just has a better feel to it. Um, some, yeah, better for their record. Um, it's, a, it's listed as a withdrawal. If, if the school's contacted for a recommendation, obviously they're not going to lie. Um, but versus going to the next level, they did recognize that things weren't going well and they chose to withdraw their student. And then they respond to a th uh, union curriculum initiatives. For instance, we don't have any control over the curriculum that we provide for our schools. The North American Division sets forth the curriculum for our schools and the union helps uh, disseminate that out to the conferences within their field and uh, we kind of answer to the union related to curriculum initiatives. For instance, we just launched a new elementary Bible curriculum called the Encounter Series. The union provided training for that, brought our teachers in, we provide support to our field, um, but we are, we're supposed to support the curriculum initiatives that we are, that are, that we are given. 
We, we, do have, we, are, uh, we do have representation from across the union that sit on the curriculum committee for the union. However, for the North American division, when they select textbooks, there's, a, I believe, a textbook committee that's at the division level made up of teachers from across the division that actually select textbooks that then go on the North American division approved textbook list. And our, no, not, not at that level, <laughs> yeah. And, and not, about, not all of our curriculum's perfect. There's curriculum that um, you know, has some things in it, for instance, some of the literature, high school literature, uh, you get into some of the other things, um, and we have to, nav as teachers and educators, we have to navigate around that. We have to block out or cross off things or, or make sure that our students understand you know, when they get to something that this is an alternate perspective. We don't believe this, and so we need to make sure that we have the correct information for them. It would be wonderful if our church could afford to write all of our curriculum. The complete, total, but it's millions and millions of dollars. Um, they're making progress, though. They just did a brand new grade one through eight science curriculum, which, which is done by a publisher, but with Adventist teacher editing. So it's got spiritual application. It's got, you know, so it's right in line. So teachers can pretty much go right through that entire textbook and not fear or have questions about, oh, great, what am I going to, you know... So that's, that's really exciting. Um, also, um, there's a new physical education curriculum coming out. There, there's a new social studies curriculum that was just launched, but that social studies curriculum is not edited the same way that the science curriculum is, from what I understand. So there's some things there that, that need to be looked at. Um, and then also, uh, lastly, recommend hiring of staff to the Conference Board of Education. This is a really important piece. Um, it's a unique relationship between the conference and the local school. The local school pays 60% of the teacher teacher's salary. The conference pays 40%. And so we oversee the schools, but because the local entity is really the driving force behind that, we vet candidates, we interview them ahead of time, we do reference checking uh, you know, as roundedly as we can, and then we will release candidates to the local school. And ideally, we have two, three, maybe four candidates per position, you know, sometimes that's just not always the case. We just don't have that many people. Yeah. And so then we release the candidates onto the local school, and we will guide the process and provide input as to what we think is best fit. But ultimately, the local board will decide we, we think this candidate would be the best fit for us. Um, so it's kind of a neat symbiotic uh, relationship that we have related to the hiring. And then once that name is selected by the local board, that name has to be officially approved by the Conference Board of Education. So we put a list forward to the board in the springtime that has all the new hires, all the new people, and the board officially ratifies those local uh, education department decisions with the board. New board members should become familiar with school policies, budgets, the curriculum of the school, the procedures of the school, the school calendar, what the grievance model is, other school-specific policies and procedures. So the job description of a board member is they need to be willing to serve, they need to be a faithful SDA church member, a faithful steward of time, talent, and money, they need to be willing to seek the Lord's guidance. I'm telling you, and you know, and you both know, being on boards, when, when people bring their personal agenda into a board meeting, it really can disrupt the functionality of a unified group decision. 
Uh, and there are people who can be very powerful and persuasive in their verbiage and really sway a decision and make recommendations and motions and people are just voting and they really haven't had an opportunity to chew on it and process it because um, people have brought in their own um, agenda. And so we have to seek the Lord's guidance. We have to put our own agendas at the door. We have to be professional and ethical in handling board information and discussions. One of the most damaging things to a board process is the parking lot. That's one of the most damaging things to um, hallways and parking lots are probably the most uh, detrimental thing to church board processes and school board processes. So we have to put the school's interest above our own and I'll go a step further and say when I'm processing something with a board that's a really, really difficult decision, sometimes your brain, your neurons just, just split in half and it's so difficult to figure things out. What I try to go to at the core is what is going to be best for the students? Your individuality essentially evaporates when you walk out of that board meeting. If, if your vote was the one that was outvoted, if you will, as far as you're concerned, you're unified, you know, and going out after that and saying, I don't know why they chose that way. I voted this way. I mean, it just creates some, some major challenges. So they need to embrace the mission of Adventist education and support the constitution and bylaws of the school. So as board chairs, we have to make sure that our members understand some of those things uh, and where to go to, to learn about them. So here are 10 tips for individual board members, and these were taken from uh, the former director of education, Gary Suds. You'll see his name on some of the quotes. Uh, one of probably my most significant educational mentor in my career, uh, and he's retired now, uh, still. I think it's harder for me to get a hold of him now in retirement than it was when he was director of education for the Lake Union because he's doing like four Bible studies a week. He's assistant pastor at Chickaming Church. Um, he's mowing people's lawns, doing prison ministry. I mean, that guy is just, he's on the go working for the Lord. Plus, he puts together a devotional every week that he'll send out to, to some of us who are in education. But here are some of the tips that can be helpful. Understand your calling. Board membership is a high calling because the work of Adventist education is sacred. There are decisions that a board makes at the local level that can change the, the trajectory of a school to the positive or the negative. And it's vitally important. So when people get asked by the nominating committee, you want to serve on the board, they better understand what they're calling it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I can, you know, because it's a major thing. Those who have any connection with the work of God are not to walk in the vanity of their own wisdom, but in the wisdom of God, or they will be in danger of placing sacred and common things on the same level and thus separate themselves from God. Wow. And we understand, of course, what happened in the children of Israel's day when who were those two priests that offered fault? Uh, Nahab and, no, Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. And we understand God separated <laughs> when the sacred and the secular were put together, God separated, uh, and that was a pretty dire consequence. The primary focus of the board is to support the principal and teachers in their work of guiding each student to an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus. There's, there's a symbiotic relationship between a board and a principal. If a principal is a strong leader, sometimes they can be so strong that the board becomes small and weak, and there's not enough accountability for the principal in, in them doing their job. If the principle isn't strong enough, then sometimes there's a vacuum that can happen and the board will loom too large in the control of a school. And so both of those uh, extremes are unhealthy for the functionality of a school. 
really it needs to be, there needs to be good solid leadership from the principal welcoming and submitting themselves to the accountability of the board and the board not micromanaging the work of the principal on a day-to-day -day basis, but supporting the work of the principal, uh, making sure the overarching mission of the school is ever in focus as it moves forward in the work of the school. Does that all make sense? And the board chair and the principal and the, and the principal and the pastor have a really, really important relationship. Uh, super important. It's a, it's a triangle that can be very, very effective. When one of the missions that I have when I work with boards is there are times before I go to an academy board meeting where I talk to the principal ahead of time to say, is there anything important that's coming up in the board meeting that we need to talk about ahead of time? Because what I don't want to have happen is I don't want the board to see me or the principal look surprised at each other's comment or have to disagree with the principal because of something that's a violation of policy. That looks unproductive and it looks disunified and unfortunately as human beings people will take advantage of that sometimes they'll try to pit one against the other likewise the principal the pastor the board chair the principal need to all be in unity about difficult and complicated issues have pre-meeting ahead of time if there's a complicated issue so that you can go in with a united front um, not to say that you can't ever have an alternate perspective but an alternate perspective is a lot different than a straight-out disagreement that can create division and show disunity I just went through a, a pretty complicated and challenging process uh, for one of our schools, and I was just really, really blessed to see the way that the pastor <clears throat> and the principal and the board chair work together with our office in having a pre-meeting, talking about the agenda, talking about the flow, talking about the... Because this was, this was going to go to a constituency meeting talking about the flow of how things would go, and it, and it went, the Lord really, really blessed. It was wonderful. Well, it's just you and me, Len. <clears throat> Prioritize your time to ensure your presence. I'm also thinking about the people that might get the recording, so I'm going on for that too. Prioritize your time to ensure your presence. By agreeing to become a board member of a local school board, you are agreeing to support the school program with your time, talent, and treasure. You have chosen to participate in the evangelistic ministry of Adventist education. There might be instances where um, you have some sort of bylaw or some sort of agreement that board members sign on to that when they become a board member, they will not miss a certain amount of board meetings lest they lose their seat on the board. Take time to become involved in the school outside of board meetings. Find ways to use the gift God has given you to support and strengthen the administration and the faculty. Frankly, good decisions can be made when people actually touch and feel and interact with the very thing that they're then going to make decisions for. Um, it's really important. And prayer, teachers appreciate prayer. They appreciate support. Um, and if you have a physical presence in the school, then you can do two things. Number one, if you're there enough, you can come to the defense of a teacher who's been criticized for something that a parent is falsely accusing them of. But if, if you're there enough, you can also see some competency issue that needs to be addressed and the conference can come and help and aid that. Teachers shouldn't be surprised or concerned or in fear when they see the board chair or a board member at the school. Be objective. This is the biggest one, probably, and the toughest one. When evaluating personnel programs and policy, 
It is important and vital to set personal agendas aside when you're trying to make decisions. Notice this quote. Not until you feel that you could sacrifice your own self-dignity and even lay down your life in order to save a erring brother have you cast the beam out of your own eye so that you are prepared to help your brother. Then you can approach him and touch his heart. MB, page 129. When difficult situations are being discussed, whisper a quick prayer asking God to speak through you. <clears throat> As you have opportunity, speak to the workers. Speak words that will be a strength and an inspiration. We are altogether too indifferent in regard to one another. Too often we forget that our fellow laborers are in need of strength and cheer. In times of special perplexity and burden, take care to assure them of your interest and sympathy. While you try to help them by your prayers, let them know that you do this. Send God's message to His workers. Be strong and of good courage. Testimonies, Volume 7, page 185. Number five, be willing to give serious study to school program, fiscal, academic, administrative, and spiritual. That's pretty much self-explanatory. We need to understand all the parts of the school that we're going to be making decisions of or else we're not being good stewards of those decisions. It's kind of like the the servant who took the talent and buried it in the ground, and then when the master came back, he pulled it out again and said, here's your talent. And the master said, yeah, you know what the rest of that scenario was. We have to be good stewards of what we are going to be handling, touching, feeling, and then making decisions about. If we're not, then we are falling short of being able to make a good educated decision. Speak to the principal ahead of time about an issue of concern you have as to avoid divisive conflict at a board meeting. Sometimes board members at the end of a board meeting will go ahead and say, you know, Mr. Chairman or Ms. Madam Chairman, you know, there's one more thing I'd like to discuss. Um, those kinds of last minute add-ons can be potentially dangerous. <laughs> so it's, and the board chair has the prerogative to recognize or not recognize that. Um, if a board member has something that they want to discuss, they should talk to the principal and the board chair, more specifically probably the board chair, about something they'd like to discuss on the agenda, and then that can be worked through prior to that. And if somebody has an issue with something that's gone on at the school, especially if they're a board member, based on what we've talked about related to the support the board should give the principal, they should not bring things up in a board meeting that would attack the principal or be divisive against the principal. They should go to that principal privately ahead of the board meeting versus potentially have a gang mentality that can erupt uh, to a principal and cause the principal to feel like they don't have the board support. Now, if the principal needs to be held to account by the board, then the chairman can contact the Board of Education who would need to be in representation there if the teacher or the principal were going to be discussed. Because technically on paper and legally, they are employees of the conference. Number six, understand the distinction between making policy and administrating policy. School boards set policy and leave matters of day-to-day -day implementation of policy to the administration. Do not micromanage the principal. It will, it will um, cut the principal out at the knees. They'll feel like they don't have a functionality of, as a leader. Our job is to set policy and empower the principal and also, frankly, to encourage the principal to set a vision for the school. The principal should be the one that has a vision for the school, a three to five year plan. They sit down with the board chair, sit down with the pastor, whatever, and they say, you know, here's what I feel like God has placed on my heart for a three to five year plan for our school. We need more leadership in our educational system, not more management. Management 
only takes care of whatever trajectory is currently going on. And sometimes if that's a negative digressing trajectory, where are we going to be at? So leaders need to be peeking around the corner and setting a vision for the future. Number seven, respect the work and authority of the board as a whole. Accepting the position of a school board member makes you responsible to uphold a sacred trust. Confidentiality. The Adventist grapevine produces sour wine and its impact can be devastating. I think we all have seen the fruits of that uh, problem. On the Adventist learning community, there's actually a confidentiality agreement that boards can actually give out to all of their board members. I think you might have done that, Len. And if a board member breaches confidentiality from a board uh, executive session, for instance, they can lose their seat on the board. So they agree to it. It's such an important issue. Frankly, I mean, the issue of stewardship of our relationship as a church community is big enough. But nowadays, with the legality issues that we face and the liability that we face, our church as a whole pays millions and millions of dollars out every year in settlements. And now people, if they feel like there's been a confidentiality issue or there's something that's that people have been talking out of turn about something that's an employment issue or a competency issue, and those individuals that are speaking about the performance of a teacher or about the performance of an employee are not in a qualified position to evaluate whether that person's competent, well, they can come back and, and say, well, that was, you know. So, so we have to really be careful beyond our Christian duty to the, just the frankly preserving the funds of the church. The idea that the chemistry, the openness, the honesty the candid way people feel they can share their perspectives is marginalized if people feel like, well, if I, if I say something, people are going to take it and broadcast it. You're right. You're crippled as a board. Lucifer left the immediate presence of the Father dissatisfied and filled with the envy against Christ. Concealing his real purpose, he assembled the angelic host. He introduced his subject, which was himself. As one grieved, he related the preference God had given Jesus to the neglect of himself. That's Ellen White. Wow, look at what gossip did in heaven. Number eight, resist pressure from groups and individuals who have their own agenda. Well, thankfully, we don't have politicking in the church. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we are not immune to the negative impact of politicking. You know, somebody's got a, they know that a big decision is coming up about dress code or about you know, this, that, and the other, whether it be the church or the school. And sometimes you'll have people that'll come and come alongside uh, board members or board chairs and say, hey, you know, I think this would really be good and, and so forth and so on. We've got to make sure that we are only answering to what God would have us do. So we are, um, listen to this quote, if you are doing your job as a board member correctly, there is a good possibility that you will lose friends rather than make friends. It's powerful. Same thing with leadership. If you're leading in a school as a principal, you're never going to make everybody happy. If you're making everyone happy, you're probably not leading because it's impossible to make every group. That's the same for pastors, same for board chairs. I mean, you, you can't make every group happy because everybody has different perspectives. You have to just can walk uh, the way that the Lord is, is calling you to walk. Now, if you're making everybody upset, <laughs> then you're cutting the branch you're sitting on. That's a different, that's a different uh, issue. But you, you're probably going to have 20 to 25% of your constituency who may not think that this is the right direction. Um, and, and that sometimes is, is a sign that you're actually making forward motion. 
Number nine, remember that your loyalty is to the school's best interest. A board member's job is not to represent a specific group's interest or agenda. The well-being of the students should always be at the heart of every board decision. And last but not least, show that you are an ambassador for Christ. Do you know that our students are so insightful? And they can read. I don't know what it is, but have you noticed that teenagers especially seem to be really, really intelligent about reading people. They can read the genuine and the fake. Immediately, I was in a Sabbath school class. I teach youth Sabbath school class. I just absolutely love it. It's, a, it's an incredible blessing, and these young people are so uh, insightful. And they noticed, uh, we were talking about idols, and you know, what are some of the idols that you guys face today? And you know, you expect the typical you know, movies, and, you know, I pulled out my cell phone, and, you know, this can be an idol, and, you know, all these things, and they didn't disagree with that, but one student said, um, you know, I think that sometimes an idol for, for us can be trying to be popular within our social group, you know, and, and the idol of doing whatever I can to become popular. Wow, you know, yeah, that's pretty insightful. And then one other student said, I think sometimes we as a church make idols of people. And she noted how when a new pastor came into town, everybody want, was trying to get up to the pastor and having them all over for dinner and doing all these things and trying to you know, demonstrate to the pastor all, all the different things they were doing evangelistically and working for the church. And, and they were noting this. And they said, but then you have a brand new other type of person come. They weren't blaming the pastor either, by the way. But they, they said, then, then you have another person come who's a visitor to the church, and maybe they'll get invited over one Sabbath, and then after that they get forgotten about because they're not important like the other people. And I just thought, wow! And they're seeing this happening, you know. And, and, and so then we had to talk about, okay, how do you not let that affect your standing and your commitment to being in the church, you know? And we process that. But ultimately, as board members, we can transfer that to, to board membership. These kids they know whether or not we have the best interest and in the mission of the school in mind. They see it. They see it in how we interact with them at the school, but more importantly, they see it when we interact with them at church. When we're interacting with them, when we're talking about Adventist education, when, we're, when they ask us questions about this, whatever, they see it. And so in every way, we have to show that we are ambassadors for Christ. And this, this uh, very well-known hymn, Not I But Christ, be honored, loved, and exalted. Not I but Christ, be seen, be known, be heard. Not I but Christ in every look and action. Not I but Christ in every deed and word. It's all of Him and none of me. That's probably the most important of the ten tips. Most important thing to remember when you're preparing to serve, according to Gary Sutz, spend quality time learning about and communing with our Father each and every day. Here are some of the resources that you can utilize if you would like to. There's an actual board chair seminar, and then there's a board membership seminar. And if you go to the AdventistLearningCommunity.com, there are a whole plethora of resources for church, school. There's professional seminars. You can actually earn a professional <coughs> credit. Uh, if you go to the Adventist Learning Community, you have to sign up for a membership. It's free. Uh, it's for pastors, administrators, teachers, uh, whatever. And if you type in school boards, 
You will see um, resources there that you can actually utilize. I went through both seminars. Type, uh, there's a certificate that you get at the end, and there's also some other resources, confidentiality agreement statements, and, and so forth. So are there any questions? You guys have been a tremendous audience. Why don't we close with prayer? Father in heaven, thank you for this time we could spend together. It's been enriching for me uh, just to uh, interact with these fine gentlemen. And thank you, Lord, for their commitment to Adventist education, both as pastor and board chair. Lord, I just pray that you'd bless their ministries, that you would uh, multiply their gifts and abilities. And as they work specifically with Adventist education, which I believe it's, it's why they're here, because they believe in it and they want to support it, I pray that you would bless them, their leaders, and I pray that through them, you would do marvelous work on behalf of of the schools that they represent. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.